Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where two-thirds of the we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Yeah, you know where he's off to, by the way? Evan off? Where? He's like somewhere in like uh, Idaho treasure hunting. The handsome one is in Idaho? No, no, I'm here. Evan is <laughs> Evan is in Idaho treasure hunting. Oh, he he does this in pals. They do this. I don't know. Do you take the thing because my my stepson has the uh, metal detector. I, I don't he know if he travels with a metal detector, but he he's really into it. I laugh oh. at him, but he's really into it. Him and his buddies, they go and do this. I don't, I don't know. Oh, yeah, we'll miss him. <laughs> but today, <laughs> we begin with a big name in sports doing something a bit unexpected. There was uh, there was a wet spot on the court for Big 3 basketball. Yes. And if, you, but if you don't know the Big 3, that's like, like the retired NBA players. Right. They, they play three-on-three. Three. Yeah. Exactly. And ice Cube's league. Yeah, and someone... <laughs> it wasn't a melted ice cube, but someone had... Oh. I, I know that was bad. Oh. I'm sorry. But... Someone had to mop it up. But the kid, like the low level, the kid had gone out there and mopped and whatever. But yeah. someone spotted a spot that was still wet, which is, of course, dangerous to players. And why don't you say, guess who the someone was that didn't tell somebody else to do, do it? Didn't say, hey, where's the person who's technically responsible for this? Who grabbed the mop? Went out there and did it. I'll give you a hint. She used to be the CEO of the Oakland Raiders. The Princess of Darkness herself. Yes. So Amy Trask. She's the chairman of the board of the league. Now, I know this isn't the NFL, but so what? She's the chairman of the board of the league. And she saw something as menial as the floor needed to be mopped. And she grabbed the mop, went on the floor herself, and just did it. I, that's impressive. There's a wonderful lesson in here for all sports executives and for all sports teams and for yeah do it yeah. Be, be involved it, even if you want to talk about establishing culture and how to this is how you do it see it's like if you see a piece of trash on the floor at work like here for instance walk, yeah don't just, just think don't somebody else it. is going to get it pick it up and put it in the trash yeah scott o'neill uh ceo of the sixers and the devils and the pru center now he told me a story a while back he was like back of house at madison square garden and there was there's an older woman who seems a little confused where you know kind of looking at her ticket just standing there so he went up excuse me may i help you and yeah, I'm looking for my son. I have the ticket. Walked her to the seat, sat her down. Is everything okay? Do you need anything? No. But funny story, though, on the back end, one of the teams, it happened to be the mother of a big team sponsor. He wow. had no idea. Oh. But the word got, she said, I think he might have given her the card or, you know, said, oh, you're welcome. If you need anything, here I am. And the, the business partner called him. And said, that was my mom. Wow. So, it's good business. Do you think that guy wasn't so impressed? Like, his mother was happy and made to feel special and taken care of. Well, it didn't pawn off on somebody else. Didn't walk right past her because he's got something more important to do. He saw somebody who needed assistance finding the seat. Didn't get an usher. What do you need? I'll do it. That that was That's really cool. That, yeah. I mean, and that's, and like you said, that's a, a good business lesson it's leadership. for anybody. Absolutely. absolutely. If, if ever you think you get too high on the totem pole to do the menial task, whatever it is, think back. Amy doesn't think that. 
Oh, I, I, I salute you, Amy Trask. We're going to have her on the show, by the way. We, we were going to have her on during football season, but she, you know, she's very busy during football. She's on CBS. She works, yeah. She's got a number of gigs. She wrote the, that, that book, How to Negotiate Like a right. Girl. I love the title. <laughs> I love the title, How to Negotiate Like a Girl. Um, but we're going to have her on. And I, and I just want to sort of chat about this and culture because she just and common sense, because she really does have a whole lot of it. If you don't follow her on Twitter, go follow her on Twitter. You'll you'll see a picture of her with the mop in her hand cleaning the court. I, I had to reread that when I first saw it. I'm like, oh, what? She did you know? Did she tell somebody to do something? And then I read it again. I'm like, oh no, wait a minute. She took the mop and did it herself. Chairman of the board. Wow. I'll do it. Uh, this is going to be interesting if this happens in Major League Let's Baseball. Talk, I don't see it, but it's just fun to talk about as a possibility. The Tampa Bay Rays, because they've had problems trying to get a new stadium, now they're thinking about maybe sharing their time in Montreal, in Canada. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, as we know, we used to have the old Montreal Expos. So could baseball come to Montreal? Well, definitely baseball could go to Montreal. They're trying to bring a team. Um the question is, will it be a shared team with Tampa? Which strikes me as odd, but I know it's been done before in the NBA in the 70s, and you, you've seen that dynamic. However, while baseball has given them permission to pursue this to see if it, it works, the fact remains, you mean to tell me you're going to get a group to build a stadium now in Tampa, and you're going to get another group to build a stadium in Montreal, to share the club, not to have it as its own. First half of the year in Tampa, second half of the year in Montreal. That way we keep costs down on the stadium in Tampa because you wouldn't need the roof. I don't know. But something that I, and I read about this that I didn't realize, there's already a lot of business Montreal Tampa Bay connected. People in Montreal go to Tampa Bay. People in Tampa Bay, Montreal, uh, back and forth. Yeah, that's fine, but you're still talking about building a fan base and the expenditure of a stadium in two places. At some point, you got to decide, I I would look at, is this going to work in Tampa where they're averaging like 14,000 fans a game better than only Derek Jeter's Marlins, right? I think they're, <laughs> yeah. they're number they're second from the yeah. bottom. If you can't get a building, I mean, you know, do you do it yourself? Do you just Take the risk and do it yourself, or do you say this isn't working? Is this sort of, is this a threat without making a threat of either we get the building or we're going elsewhere? Did they tear down the old Montreal Expos? What was it? Uh, Exhibition Stadium. Exhibition I, I don't Stadium. know what they're doing with it. I'm not, I, I'm I not sure know. if that's still around or what. Ever so. go there? I went there once. Yeah, I was there too. Yeah, I went there one time, and it. I mean, it's at the time it was a great facility, but that was like. 30, 40 something years. I don't ago. know how long ago, but I remember this. I do remember. Well, I, I should say this. I think I remember this because I was obviously a kid. But I think I remember it was sort of like go to the gas station. You could buy baseball tickets at like the gas station or, or what would be the equivalent of a 7 Eleven oh. or something. And like a bunch of us, whoever we were there, got some tickets and sat in the left field behind, I think it was a chain link fence. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I had a good time. But let's not say, let's give them points for creativity. Uh, see if, if they can at least examine this and see if it's a viable option for the club. I'd like to see that because if this works, trust me, a lot of other MLB clubs that are down on the totem pole are going to be thinking the same thing. No, 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 no. You need to, I, I, don't, I don't see that. Oh. But, but did you, the fun that was had, though, did you see people messing around with possible names? <laughs> Which I uh, one, no, I one stood out that. and made fun. What? The X-Rays. 
Actually, that's pretty good. Right? That is good. You could have man. really good uniforms and hats with the x-rays. <laughs> you know, it, it'll be a forearm, a bone, man. Yeah. It'll be great. Man. Like those I Halloween like costumes with just the bones. I mean, that'd be some good <laughs> stuff. They'd sell merch anyway. Uh, moving on. UConn. Are they moving back to the Big East? Is this uh, a done deal? It's my friend Terry Lyons over at the Digital Sports Desk broke this. Not the big outlets. Good job, Terry, uh, listener of the show. Um, and I had a nice uh, retort to him. I said, UConn, go home again. Oh, <laughs> oh. Evan, don't, don't listen to this podcast. I, I, I don't think we're in He's too busy treasure hunting. <laughs> the fact, but just here, again, the business of, you had all this movement of teams and they went because football was going to be a part of the AAC, and lo and behold, perhaps the grass isn't greener. And will they go back to the Big East, pay what, like maybe $10 million right. to get out, go back? Do you go independent in football? Because we know the Big East does not offer football. That's right. So UConn, of course, a, a significant college basketball program fits in there nicely. But do you go independent? Do you scrap it? What do you do with the football program? Uh, it, it's no. I mean, if there's money to be made, I'm sorry to put it like this. It, uh, is there money to be made? That's let's not football? forget they left. Well, they left, but I mean, this is a team that played Oklahoma in a bowl game not too long yeah, ago. That's what I'm saying. But I mean, if if they left and and now they want to come back to the Big East, listen, it, there's got to be some money there, you know, and and they've got to sit down and say, look, all right, we got our tail between our legs. We're sorry, we're coming back. It, there's money there if they, if they want to go football. But there's money where? That's the point. They have to be an independent. There is no Big East football. No, no, I, I get that. But you're right. So, so why they can't put... they go independent? It's not an easy road. I mean, they're not Notre Dame. They don't have an NBC contract. It's You, you can't just say, hey, I'm UConn. I'm showing up. Big deal. You're UConn football. How much? How much <laughs> you, who wants us? <laughs> Who's UConn football playing that's bringing in big dollars right now? I, I don't know. Well, the thing about what Michael Eisner said in our last uh, interview, he said, look, eventually the old broadcasts, uh, staples like NBC and ABC, that, that's all going to be you falling by the wayside. football OTT. You want people to pay. <laughs> I, I don't know if there's enough alum of out in stores to pay enough money each month. Well, I mean, ESPN's right there in the backyard. Yeah. But uh, so, still. So, so you know, why, can't, why can't ESPN that ESPN Plus? That, that's, an, that's an easy transition. Listen to you. It, it's easy. It's it, not an easy it, it transition. It, it's it, Listen, I, I get it. I get it. It, it. There's no football in the Big East, but don't be surprised if you way, see it. by the way, they're very happy. They're very happy. No, I, no, no, no. They, they've, they've built this conference. This is a basketball. They made a conscious decision when they put these schools together to have basketball-only schools. See, I, I think that's going to go by the wayside. Uh-huh. It's I I know that's that's old school thinking, and, and uh, it took me a long time to change a lot of my old school thinking myself. So why can't the Big East start to make its dabble in the football? Because the whole premise of the conference when they put it together, I mean, this was a conscious decision that they were go- they didn't want the headaches of football. They wanted institutions, or at least they had enough institutions that had committed only to basketball. They didn't want the edifice complex. They didn't want the arms race of football. We are going to be a basketball-only conference, and they've got enough schools there like Georgetown who are willing to make it happen. That's what they want to do. Well, right now, yes, that's going to be their bread and butter, but I'm just saying, man, if right. there's nothing— I'll take that. We're going to have a lunch bet. 
Five years, from, five years five from now. Five years from now. No football <laughs> in the Big East. <laughs> Colin Tipton, remind, remind, set a, would you set a reminder for five years from now? Yeah, on the yeah set that up on there, man. It, uh, Big East football question mark. Winner gets Chick fil A. Uh, uh, not on what Sunday. A prize, not on Sunday. <laughs> Uh, this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scott Sosnick. I think, I, Colin, do I, st- I still owe you lunch, right, for all the times I borrowed your lawnmower when plenty, I moved to New Jersey? lunches. When do you want to do it? You tell every me. Every day the next three weeks. Okay, I'll put me down for Done. that. All right. We are here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with Christine Lilly. Former U.S. Women's National Soccer Team player. Can't wait to get into the gender pay equity issues. Yes, yes. You are listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio. Around the world and online where you get your podcasts.